a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Whether it's the Jazz, Utes, Cougars, or Aggies. These guys have got you covered. I need fellas. You're locked on to Jake Scott and Ben Anderson. One, two, three. Move it. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by KSLSports.com. Jake and Ben, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We want to remind you about Built Bar, whether it's double chocolate, peanut butter, brownie, cherry, barcia, or salted caramel. Enjoy a Built Bar. 100% real chocolate, 100% real delicious. Order yours today at Built.com. Save 10% off your order using promo code ZONE at checkout. That's Built Bar. Big news in uh, Ute land. Tavion Thomas coming back next year. Surprised? Other, other than, no, I'm not surprised. A, he didn't have a terrific Rose Bowl, which would have been, I think, his springboard to go to the league if he had had 180 yards and two touchdowns or three touchdowns or whatever. He just didn't have that type of game. Uh, But you look at the number of players who are coming back to Utah, the fact that nobody else in the Pac-12 South looks like they can put one foot in front of the other. Witt's coming back. At least there's been no indication that he's not coming back. You have your starting quarterback coming back and Cam Rising. And then on top of it, two of your three star uh, tight ends are coming back. Like... You're going to be really good next year. I mean, the Utes are, I mean, the offense is going to hit the ground running next year. You lose Britton Covey, but you're going to go out and find some other guys that can come in that probably want to play with Cam Rising. Uh, and this is going to be a terrific, terrific offense next season. I agree. Uh, if I were him, the only second thought I'd give is the position I play. No question about it. And would it be better off just to get to the next level? Yeah. Maximize my I'm ability and and play my way onto a roster. I certainly am not going to fault him for coming back. The no, same way you know we didn't we couldn't fault Devin Lloyd last hey, year. For selfishly, coming back. I'm glad that yeah, these guys come back. One hundred percent. It'll be fun to watch the youths next year and, and have a top fifteen team entering the season. But I'm sure he considered that. Yeah, I'm sure he considered like I'm a running back. I've got so much time to make hay, but to come back and do it, I'm sure you know it, the NIL situation yep. probably helps a it little helps. bit. It helps. Well, you know what? Which that's a good thing. As opposed to saying, guys, you have to do what Jake Murphy did, and you have to just guess, like, because two or three scouts told you, mm-hmm, fifth round pick, one guy said, could go as high as third, so you bet on that, and you get bad advice, and you don't end up getting to the NFL or making as much money as you hoped you would. If you can come back to college, because somebody has already 
talking to your family or you and said, you know what? I think there's $50,000 for you to come back or in some places $100,000 for you to come back because we really think it'll help the school. It'll help us and our brand and it'll help you personally by kind of, you know, putting insurance down essentially by coming back to the NFL or college football, which by the way, college football teams can now also take out those insurance plans for their players where if you're projected to be a pick and you don't, you can get paid if you get hurt. Like there are good things to make sure that these kids are safer if they don't go to the league. I love that. I do too. Now there, you know, there's a lot of solutions out there, Ben, that never solve the problem and usually create more problems of their own. But there, there is a, a great way the universities can invest in their players and really help them protect their future. Smart. And that really makes a lot of sense to me. So, yeah, I hope, I hope Utah's taking out a big old policy. So Zach Moss, yeah. you remember, had 1,400 yards his sophomore season and 10 touchdowns. Came back for his junior year because he had to. Had 1,100 yards, actually dipped from his junior season. Got hurt. Only played nine games as opposed to 13 games in 2018. But had 12 touchdowns and was on the NFL radar and decided to come back for his senior season. Had 1,800 yards, 17 touchdowns, all of which are very reachable for... Tavion Thomas. In fact, he eclipsed 17 touchdowns. He set the record for the youths this year for single-season touchdowns. He can easily get to 2,000 yards next season. I mean, not easily. Look, it's really hard to do. But he can get to 1,500, 1,800 yards, especially because he will be the guy He'll play the whole year, in yeah. every game. Could easily get 20 touchdowns again, and then he puts together back-to-back 20-touchdown seasons. Zach Moss was a third-round pick. It's not crazy to think Tavion Thomas could put himself in that conversation, which if he were to declare for the draft now, I don't think he'd be a third-round pick. Same thing for Devontae Booker. He came back for his senior no year question. and uh, and improved his stock. Although I loved his reason for coming back because he promised his mom he'd graduate. Yeah. He actually wanted to graduate. That yeah. warms my heart, Ben, especially from somebody like uh, Devontae Brooker, who had a past where academics were an issue for him for a little bit. Major. And to uh, kind of take some pride in that and, and finish school, I always thought that was very admirable. And you know what? Some stability. I mean, Tavion Thomas was in Cincinnati 12 months ago right now, right? and then comes to Salt Lake and then tries to go to the NFL. That's just a lot for a young person to deal with. That's a lot of instability. So come in. Yeah, get your degree. Add a little bit of an anchor to your life. Be somewhere for two years. Yeah, hopefully he gets some uh, some name image like this money and sets himself up in a good spot to, to come back. But, man, if I'm a Utah fan, what more could you ask for? I wouldn't hate being the celebrity either, the, the big man on campus, is, that yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. He comes back and, you know. Cam Rising, Brant Keithy, I mean, there's some names out there, but Tavion is the guy. I mean, Tavion is the name who's going to, other than Cam Rising, is going to be called most often next season, especially with Britton Covey gone. I mean, Tavion Thomas is, is a star coming back. I mean, he comes back next year and is preseason all Pac-12. You know, like that, that helps your draft stock alone. People start taking notice of you. So this is a huge boost for the Utes, and, and their defense is going to be improved. I'm sure they fix their secondary next year, plus Clark Phillips comes back and is going to be even better than he was this season. This, this Utah team is going to be a force next year. Um, if I were Tavion, the first thing I'd do is seek out my favorite hangout spot as an NIL possible opportunity. I mean, just to, you know. Have some place to go and eat and drink for free. Like you would, you would pick some dreary beatnik coffee joint. Be like, hey, dreary how, how beatnik would, coffee joint. How would you like me to endorse your spot? All you have to do is give me the as many free mocha lattes as I desire. You actually don't strike me as a mocha latte guy. Black, straight black. That's it. In fact, I bought a new coffee maker the other day. I didn't end up doing the pot. I bought it and then I read the reviews on it and I chickened out. So I returned it and I ended up buying a different. Uh, very bougie system. Yeah. It's very. Something involving a drip? 
kind of. It's like there's it's non electric, so you got it. It's like a plunger system. It's a mess. Not electric. It's a mess. I know. What are you doing? I know it's a mess. It's good though. Makes a good cup. Makes a strong cup of coffee. You know what I have to do to make coffee in the morning, Ben? Push a button. You got to push. You've got a plunger. What? There's like a whole system you have to do. <laughs> in fact, I had to start on it last night. I brewed some last night. I put it in my cup, and then I had to heat up water today and reactivate it. And it was a whole thing. I did this whole process, Jake. I was doing research for like a whole day on how to make my life easier because I'm having a hard time getting out the door in the mornings with the kids, getting the kids up to school and turning around and getting back here and making sure the kids are ready and lunches are made and everything. So I was like, I need to simplify this process. And of course, what did I do? I did the opposite thing. I overcomplicated the process because I read one review on a coffee maker that said sometimes you'll get grounds in the bottom of your cup if you buy this coffee pot as opposed to this plunger system I bought. And not to mention, I can't remember if this is on the air or off the air, but you had just got done singing the praises over the automatic timer for a coffee Correct. maker because no. it, it improves your morning so much because you, you wake just wake up, up it. and it's done. No, and I wake up to it. Now that. I've added another process to my I've morning. I've got to go do I have more another work? job. Yes, 100%. I have a whole other job I've got to do in the morning now. I've added like a whole plunging system that I have to start. It's like I'm giving myself shots. It's like I have to you know give myself a... An injection of whatever this is to make sure my coffee's working in the morning. That's, that's a weird. whole new thing. That's that's really strange. But it, it tastes. I mean, I say it tastes two or three percent better than the way I was making it before. So. Two or three percent. Wow! <laughs> yeah, how congratulations. Can you, how can you beat returns like that? <laughs> I don't even know where to go <laughs> from there. Anyways, we're going to talk to uh, Trevor. Coming up here in just a couple of minutes. Trevor Allen's going to join us. He'll talk to covers, us a little bit more about Utah. Covers the Utes, so stay tuned. We'll talk about Utah basketball and we'll talk about sure. Utah football. Look, I mean, I expect Utah to be – I expect Utah to win the Pac-12 championship again next year. I know that's really high It's not because the league isn't going to be great next year and Utah's going to be good. But it's hard to win the Mountain West Conference. Yeah, no, like, I no agree. No one picked Utah State to win the Mountain West Conference last year and they blew everyone away. No, I agree. But they're the best team coming back for sure. But I don't they're think, by far I don't the best think team. That's yeah. a, I don't think that's a stretch. And I don't think Lincoln Riley at USC is going to work as well as everybody else does, but I certainly don't think it's going to work as well year one. Or Oregon. And Oregon, who knows? It takes a long time to build anything. Yeah, and they're turning over some stuff uh, sure. up there in Oregon. Quick take for you about the the uh, the David Blitzer, Ryan Smith uh, buying RSL. Sure, you want to squeeze it in? Yeah, yeah, this would be really fast. But I, I heard David and Pat talking about this this morning, and Ryan Smith was on with those guys. But uh, apparently, well, I, let me put it this way. I'm more confident RSL is not going anywhere. I mean, if there was ever Correct. in the Correct. in the breeze, like they could, you know, you never know, East Coast guy, all this. For one fact, Ben. I only heard one guy say that, and it was you. Was it really? No, I I don't know. I've seen a little bit of it out, okay. out there. It, it's always out there. What are you talking about? But anyway, did you read that uh, that uh, Blitzer grew up skiing here since he was seven? Wow. And it's I don't a know. Place. It's a weird phenomenon, Ben. That if we vacation somewhere regularly, we just consider ourselves like a local. A regular. It's there. like near yep. and dear to your heart. Correct. Like if I ever had the chance to to uh, buy the Kitty Hawk NFL team, based on where I vacationed my entire life, I'm going to buy it. I'm the you worst know? at this. Like, yeah. I went to Italy once, and my daughter has an Italian name. Yeah, <laughs> <It's> <laughs> we the, always. So yeah, it's in her blood now. It's and I she wasn't there. And I honestly used to make fun of Gordon uh, for this all the time because he goes out to Hawaii, you know, and a lot of people consider themselves yes, local Hawaiians because they like South Park they call made a whole Howleys. Yeah, I've <laughs> made a whole episode about it. Yeah, and so I used to tease him about it. But I do the same thing. I absolutely do the same thing. We so. should follow this up and talk about it in about 15 minutes. All right. Uh, but, I mean, even even Dwayne Wade 
being a part of this now. Dwayne Wade being a native Utah, all of a sudden, and the adopted son of Utah is one of the things I never would have expected to say two years ago. And now he owns the Jazz and RSL, at least parts of them. Pretty wild. Who would have thought? But anyway, yeah, that franchise isn't going anywhere. All right, let's get out to the zone phone. Joining us now, he covers the Utes for KSLSports.com. He's our friend uh, Trevor Allen. What's going on, Trevor? Jake, Ben, I am good. How are you guys doing? Trevor, let's start at a low point, which is Utah basketball, and we'll end on a high point, which is Utah football. But really rough week for the Utes. Three straight losses to the Oregon teams and then, of course, to Washington last night. Where is this basketball team? What's the expectation, in your opinion, for the rest of the year? It's really all over the map right now because, uh, you know, they, they, they go in uh, to Oregon State, who hasn't been a very good team, which is kind of shocking because they, they won the Pac-12 tournament last year, went all the way to the, I think, Elite Eight in, in the NCAA tournament. Um, ends up bringing a lot of guys back, but their record just doesn't show, and, and, and Utah goes up there and just lays an egg. They just can't make shots. They're not defending well. And um, given the fact that they also haven't been healthy, I mean, Brandon Carlson missed some time. He, he, was, he was in protocol, also hurt his ankle. You know, they're, they're very thin um, in, the, in the paint with, with bigs. Basically, uh, Brandon Carlson, Riley Batten, and uh, Chune are the, are the three guys right now because then you have uh, Du, Sean Mahorchich. He, he's set to come back uh, here in the next couple, of, uh, probably in, in the next week or so, um, after suffering an injury in the BYU game. But uh, and then and then you go and play Oregon, play really well. Um, I mean, it, w- it was there for the the uh, taking, but just couldn't get it done. And then Washington, I think that was probably the most disappointing loss because it was at home. Washington is not good. I mean, Utah Valley beat them, and they've they they just have not been very good. Um, and the fact that you end up allowing them to go on on, on a big run, yet I, I think it was it was about a fourteen point lead with like eleven minutes left in the game and, and Utah just laid an egg. And so right now they're just in, in a place right now where they're trying to figure out who they are. I mean, Craig, Craig Smith's playing a lot of different guys and um, he ended up saying last night that, that he, he's uh, probably going to ha- have to find a lineup and kind of just stick with it. Um, but right now I, I, I think this is what, you know, is to be expected of this Utah basketball team, just with, with the sole fact that there's a lot of new faces coming in. They haven't been healthy um, so Craig's really got his, his work cut out for him. What were your expectations for this team going into the year? I, I thought that they would be probably the bottom half of the pack just because of how many brand-new guys are coming in. Some of these guys are not used to playing Pac-12-level basketball. I mean, Mar- Marco Anthony did play at that level um, when he was over back, back east, but then you have Ra- Raleigh Wooster, who's, who's played in the Mountain West, David Jenkins, who's played in the Mountain West. Um, and, and you lose a lot of, a lot of guys from, from Larry's team last year. And, um, I, I thought that they would probably be um, probably six, seven, eight spot, probably in the, the, the pack 12 and, you know, and, and then get everybody back next year and probably make a, a, a push for a, a first round buy in that, a pack 12 tournament. So what is the expect? I guess what, what's the positive to build off? I mean, what? has emerged in what are they 16 games in now 15 games in now what's emerged that you say that's the building block that's what they take going forward that gives Craig Smith and this team some identity or do you start over again this offseason because you recognize the first year is always hard to build I actually think there's there is some some positive things to build off of this Brandon Carlson is still really young I mean you know as far as his uh, eligibility but he, he's shown signs of, of a brilliance I mean 
I, I, I honestly think that, that Craig Smith and his staff has taken places where Larry probably wouldn't have been able to take Brandon. Um, you know, he's, he's starting to turn him into more of that uh, stretch five, which you guys are starting to see in, in basketball all over the place. Um, and then you've also got some, some young pieces. Gabe Madsen's a really good shooter. He's, he's starting to figure things out. And um, Stefanovic, he's, he's a guy who, who Larry was able to get to sign, and then Craig was able to keep him on board. He's a really athletic, quick wing who, who can, who can uh, knock down shots when, when, he's get, when he's getting going. Um, so I really think that there is some key pieces there. Thing is, too, you've also got to get, you know, Booth Gotch going again. You guys know Booth from when he ended up playing here before. It's just not very, very consistent. I mean, he's one of those guys who can go off for 25 points or he can go over the very next night. It's just trying to find that, 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 that balance. But uh, I, I really think that there's a, a solid foundation of what, of what Craig's trying to build. And, you know, you really don't need to, you know, blow it up and start over because I, I feel like Craig's already had to do that. Um, but I, I really think that, that he needs to have a really, really solid recruiting class coming up and maybe dive into the portal a little bit more for next season. Trevor, any insight into what tipped the scales for Tavion Thomas to come back? Um, I think a lot of it is just that his, his uh, draft stock. Um, I mean, right now, could, could he get drafted? Yeah, I really think he could. I mean, he had 20, 21 touchdowns. Um, but a lot of that was over the course of nine games. Um, you guys know where he, he went off kind of, you know, it, it, was, it was in the BYU game where he really struggled, ended up getting benched for the uh, San Diego State game. Um, didn't really play much in that, in that Wazoo game because he, he was just having a hard time holding on to the football. Um, and then he really just took off. But I think that was against some very pedestrian defenses. Um, against the Buckeyes in the, the Rose Bowl, he had, he had some good runs, but he wasn't great. He didn't really put his stamp on that game like I thought he would. Um, but also, Cam Rising was, was wheeling and dealing as far as th- throwing the ball, and, and, and Utah was getting going on offense. Um, but I, I really feel like he, he wanted to have one more year where he, he could be the guy as, as far as the running back for Utah and, and, and have another 1,000-yard year, maybe another 15 touchdowns to really build his stock, and I really think that that's why he came back. Who in the Pac-12 – can give Utah a run for their money. Who, wh- why? Give me an argument why the Utes don't repeat as Pac-12 champion next season. I think it's hard to, to say, you know, who really would because Chip Kelly is losing some pieces. Um, Lincoln Riley's coming in and getting a whole new a whole new team and having to having to build basically from scratch. But he's doing a really solid job as far as being able to recruit guys. He's getting the top quarterbacks and running backs and top players from all around the country who were previously committed to him down at OU and ended up flipping to go to USC. ASU, I, I mean, the jury's out on them. I feel like Jaden Daniels is a little bit overrated. Um, still a really solid quarterback, but, you know, for him, him coming back, that's not going to make ASU a college football playoff contender, Pac-12 South contender. Um, they're going to need to have some more pieces, but they had a lot of guys going to the portal, and you still have that. That, that whole sanction uh, hanging over him right now for Herm Edwards. Um, and then, you know, there's Colorado still building, Arizona still building. I, I feel like Oregon could be really good. Uh, Dan, Dan Lanning's, you know, built a really solid staff. He's getting guys to stay. And 
was able to pick up Bo Nix from Auburn uh, from the, the uh, portal. So now there's another quarterback competition. I, I don't necessarily think that, that Bo Nix is going to be the starting quarterback because they have Ty Thompson, who's a really solid young quarterback. Um, and uh, so I, I really don't see a reason why Utah cannot repeat. I mean, there, there is some questions on the O-line as far as depth. I mean, they, they have five solid guys. Who, who are going to come in and, and uh, start next year, but who's, who's going to back them up? You know, seeing some of that depth, you really needed that. And, and then especially at, at a cornerback, you guys saw, I mean, you guys had a, a running back playing cornerback in the Rose Bowl. So I, I, I really think that there's some, some depth issues there, but I feel like Utah is starting to address them by going to the portal, signing some guys. Um, and so I, I, just, I just don't see how Utah cannot repeat as, as Pac-12 champions. Who's the next running backs coach? I actually put a, uh, a piece up over at kslsports.com. There's only one name that, that really stands out. Um, and I might be a little biased because he and I are friends, but uh, Quinton Ganther, um, former Weber State running back coach. He, he was there with Jay Hill for seven years, and then he went over to uh, Jacksonville to go with Urban Meyer as an offensive assistant. Obviously, Urban's not there anymore, and his, his job is kind of up in the air depending on what the new staff is. Um, but I think with his ties to Utah, being able to recruit in, in California, which is one of Utah's blueprints, he's an absolute players coach. I've talked to some Weaver State players that, 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 that played for him, and not even you know the, uh, the running backs, you know, just guys who, who came to Weaver State just because of, of Quinton Ganther. And for him to be able to take that, that next step and also have that uh, NFL experience, I think it is an absolute no, no-brainer. And, and you know the the cupboard isn't bare for Quinton to come in and you know take over that that running back room. Obviously, Tavion Thomas coming back is big. You've also got Bernard, who's probably going to stick it at, at at a running back. But then you've also got Jalen Glover, Ricky Parks, who are two really young running backs who can come in and probably you know help help contribute a little bit. You've also got Chris Curry if 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 he's going to stick around too. I haven't heard anything otherwise, but I feel like Quinton Ganther is the is the perfect candidate to take over the running back room. Trevor, thank you very much as always. We appreciate it. You got it, guys. Take care. Keep up the good work. Trevor Allen, kslsports.com. So where so uh, where else do you identify because of your vacation patterns? Hmm. I don't, you know, we, we my parents did a lot of in-state stuff. We'd like to Moab and Bryce Canyon. We were kind of those people. Not like a Disney guy, though I did that for a little stretch. I like had a kind of a prominent Disney run. I mean, I lived in Orlando for a little bit. So I like will claim Florida teams when they're good at sports. Um, All right. Like I have a Florida Marlins hat because I lived in Orlando okay. for yeah. three weeks. I feel like there's a lot of this when it comes to missions in this community. Oh, for sure. Jake yeah. is a part Taiwanese. Where do you go? I think so. Taiwan. Yeah. 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 Megan, where uh, do you consider yourself a local because you vacationed there? West Yellowstone, Montana. There you go. Oh, that's a good town. So if oh, you know what? I went to Bozeman. I told you I went to Bozeman, so I feel like I'm one of the people of, of Montana now, yeah. You are a local. You're a, char- a charlatan? Oh, I used to live in Charlotte, but no, we visit, uh, we visit the Outer Banks of North Carolina every year, the beach there. So like the Kitty Hawk, Nags Head, you know, first in flight, that whole yeah. thing, right, brothers? Yeah. You know, my brother lived in Brooklyn for a while, and I went to like three drafts in a row or something. You're a New Yorker. So I, like, I learned how to ride the subway during the final time. Like I really learned how to ride the subway, and I was like, I own this town. I'm Frank Sinatra. Now you correct people when they tell you where the best pizza is and correct. that sort of thing, right? Correct. Because you've, you've been there basically correct. for years. I know all the lingo. <laughs> I know the good. I know where to get the good food in New York now. What to avoid. 
what not to get because I've been there four times in my life. Top three stories at kslsports.com coming up next. Midday traffic. Oh, no. 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Church has update here on Jake and Ben, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Here's Boyan Bogdanovich talking about Ryan Smith being the new minority owner of Real Salt Lake. It's great for the city that they got a uh, Ryan over there that is really trying to do something big for both us and, and now for RSL. And it's also great for all their team because now they have owner. Finally, they're going to be able to sign the players because they were kind of in a bad position with the kind of league owning the team. So congratulations to Ryan for having another team in Salt Lake. This update is brought to you by Five Star Painting. Refresh the inside or outside of your home with Five Star Experience. With Five Star Painting, they've got the time, skills, and tools. FiveStarPainting.com. That's FiveStarPainting.com. Who's got it better than us? No! Your home for the best sports coverage in Utah. You're listening to Jake Scott and Ben Anderson on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by KSLSports.com. How am I just seeing this story? Jake and Ben, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Real quick before we get to KSL Sports, our top three stories at kslsports.com. Ben, did you see Markeith Morris, what he said on Twitter about a report? Uh, The report was, this is wild. Markeith Morris has missed 30 straight games for the Heat since he got whiplash from his scuffle with Nikola Jokic on November 8th. We remember that, of course. Of course. Did you see his tweet? He said, ain't bleep wild about it. It's a real injury. Imagine having a 300-pound sloppy fat boy run full speed and make direct contact with your spine. I'll be back soon, like I said. As a self-proclaimed sloppy fat boy, I take offense to that comment from Markeith Morris. As a soft body, like, like Nikola Jokic. I take a lot of offense to that comment from the Morris brothers. That feels targeted towards sloppy bodies like myself. I got to tell you, I love sloppy as an insult. Yeah. What a great you insult what? sloppy is. Our friend JP, who does some of the jazz broadcasting, he defined, he says Nikola Jokic has smoker's arms. <laughs> Just, I don't even know what that means, but it's all I think about when I see him. He's got smoker's arms when I uh, see Nikola Jokic. I didn't realize Morris had been out since that push. I didn't either. That's pretty significant. Um I love Nikola Jokic. His post game was really funny the other day. Did you watch him at all? No. He was talking about Bogdani, which is what he calls Bogdanovich, which is we should all adopt. He calls Boyan Bogdanovich Bogdani, and he calls Donovan Mitchell Don, which is what everyone who knows him calls him, which is kind of funny. And then uh, apparently in the middle of his pregame, or maybe his postgame, he was doing his, the, you know, they're doing the Zoom thing, and Nuggets had a new intern who was running the show for him, and Nikola Jokic didn't know who he was, so they were, you know, assigning this guy from whatever the Denver paper is, and this guy, and then Nikola, in the middle of the uh, postgame conversation, after a loss, said, wait, I've never met you before, what's your name? Which is, honestly, like, a lot of the players would never do that, especially for an intern that they've never seen before, and, like, introduced himself. He's like, hi, I'm Nikola. It's like, we all know who Nikola Jokic is, especially in the Denver Nuggets franchise. If you're working there in PR, you certainly know who he is. But nice of him to take these kind of small moments to introduce himself to people. He's just He's a, a human guy. He's kind of a human guy. Just a little sloppy, yeah. according to Markeith Morris. Yeah. Big and sloppy. Big and sloppy. Big and sloppy. It's a real injury. Imagine having a 300-pound sloppy fat boy run full speed and make direct contact with your spine. I'll be back soon, like I said. Sloppy. Sloppy fat boy. 
It should be an and though, you know what the funny thing is? Nikola Jokic will wear a t-shirt that says Sloppy Fat Boy. Next that would time be you funny. Yeah, that would be funny. Let's get to the top three stories at KSLSports.com, sponsored by our friends at Jay Brooks Jewelers. All right, Megan. Number one. The Jazz have a busy weekend. Tonight they face the Toronto Raptors and tomorrow the Indiana Pacers. It's going to be two different teams. It's a nice thing. Not that they're playing against, that they are fielding. It's going to be two totally different rosters and the starters should be pretty well rested uh, before they take on the Pacers tomorrow night. So who exactly can we expect to play? Okay, so questionable versus actually expected to be in uniform tonight for sure. Here's who we know, at least at this point, should be available tonight. That is not questionable or not out entirely. Trent Forrest, Jared Butler, Daniel House, Eric Paschal, Yudoka Azabuki, uh, Elijah Hughes, Malik Fitz, and Norvell Pell. And the new guy. That's the new guy, Norvell Pell. If you haven't heard of four of those people, I don't blame you. Those are guys who are not actively ever playing on the roster. So a lot of those guys you've probably never heard of, but that's eight guys, which is the minimum you need to have to play. There's a chance that's all the guys who end up playing. That's it. And that might have been why they signed Norvell Pell today to a 10-day contract or these hardship contracts to make sure they have those eight guys so they can rest everybody who's questionable, including Jordan Clarkson, Rudy Gay, Royce O'Neal, and Hassan Whiteside, so they're ready to go tomorrow night and not risk them catching coronavirus playing up in Toronto and getting stuck there. Now, do you think they have a, a uniform all worked up for Norvell? Or do you think they smashed Who was it the other the... day whose jersey got torn because they, they just had literally ironed on the letters right before? It was like, this jersey's oh, not funny. made well. Well, I was going to make the joke that they just you know smashed into the case and got Rajahs out. <laughs> Pull them out. Guess just what? Here, shave here the B off. <laughs> Why is my jersey blue? Don't worry about it. Just Don't get worry out there about and it. play. Bell. Yeah. I mean, Pell. You get out there, guy. You could make a D look like a P. So, yeah. Maybe if everyone P can play. look like a P. <laughs> it's been a long morning. If everyone can play, you might end up with Trent Forrest at point guard, Jordan Clarkson at shooting guard, Rudy Gay, and Royce O'Neal as your forwards, and then Hassan Whiteside starting, which honestly is not like an unexcusable NBA team to have out there with your rotation being Jared Butler, Daniel House, Eric Paschal, Yudoka Azabuki, Norvell Pell, and Elijah Hughes also all getting minutes. But if the questionable guys, which are Clarkson, Gay, O'Neal, and Whiteside, don't play, in addition to not having Rudy Gobert and Joe Ingles who are in COVID protocol, Donovan Mitchell, Mike Conley, and... Boyan Bogdanovich, who didn't even travel to, to Toronto, so they don't have to deal with the protocols of traveling internationally. They just went straight to Indiana. You could end up with a very chaotic roster. Get to spend an extra day in lovely Indianapolis. Probably honestly better than being on a plane from Denver to Toronto oh. and then Toronto back down to Indiana plus customs. And don't have to play in a back-to-back? And don't have to play in a back-to-back. Yeah, they're not complaining. This is a smart move. Yeah, they're not complaining. No, it makes a ton of sense. And yeah. Take the L in Toronto. Who in fact, cares? I'm honestly surprised all the coaches traveled. Like Quinn doesn't want to get stuck in Toronto for two weeks. Hey, Vince, yeah, you've right. got the helm tonight. Yeah, you're on. I'll be in Indianapolis. Yeah. Thurl, we're actually sending you on the road. At that steakhouse that every media member who has ever been to Indianapolis talks about. Huh. Speaking of place yes. we vacation place and we consider home. ourselves locals, there's one steakhouse in Indianapolis that anybody who's ever been oh. there will tell you every, to eat there. Every person who's ever traveled for sports considers themselves a Memphis barbecue expert. Because they've been to two Memphis barbecue yep. restaurants. They're like, no, don't go to Tim's. 
In my hotel, you got to go to Dave's. In my hotel experience here in town, and not that uh, we're endorsing anybody or anything, but do you know what the number one restaurant that that people had to go to when they visited Utah? Huh. Red Iguana? Red Iguana. Yeah. That's kind of the one that gets its... Which, to be fair, if you've gone to the East Coast and tried to have Mexican food... It's Even dreadful. for like $18... Oh, it's horrible. It's horrible. Yeah. So why not get super authentic, great Mexican food? But even the $2 Mexican food places here do laps around East Coast Mexican food. Oh, yeah. It's awful versus what you get here. But that was always it. If people came to town with the notion of, yeah. oh, hey, my neighbor told me I have to go eat here. Correct. It was like, I'd say... Seven times out of ten. No no question. Red iguana. All right, moving on. Number two. Utah football gets great news. Tavion Thomas set to return in 2022. Oh, I like that because Miracle Megan changed it from good news to great news. She upgraded it to add em- extra emphasis. He is good. No, it's, I, I, he is might he be great. great? <laughs> I might argue he's great. You know, him fixing that fumble problem was, was I don't know how he did it. A huge that deal. That doesn't make any sense he, to me. He absolutely, and hey, it would have been nice to talk to Kyle McDonald about this sort of thing, but he absolutely changed how he was carrying the ball. Is that it? Is it that I mean, simple? It, it was noticeable. Oh, it, he turned the ball over every time he touched it. He would put the ball on the carpet right. every single time he touched it. But did you notice where he carried it after he got the problem solved? I mean, the thing was like yes. right under his chin. But almost. even then, I don't think yeah. they had. I don't think anyone poked the ball out no. again. You know, like that was amazing. He may have had one late in the season. It's amazing, but it was amazing the turnaround from having maybe the worst fumbleitis I've ever seen from a Utah running back to being Jamal Williams, who never. Never dropped the ball. I mean, it was absolutely stunning how good he was. But like Jamal, interesting comparison. He had it all. Has it all. He's not deceased. Has it all. Size, speed, ability, temperament. Correct. All of the above to be a dynamic running back. Yeah. All he had to do was figure out how to hang on to it, which he did. Yep. Give him a ton of credit. And because Utah had a couple of senior mercenary running backs that had come in as well, a couple of guys that are going to the NFL, was it Pledger who mm-hmm. declared for the DJ NFL? Pledger, yeah. uh, and was Chris Curry a senior? from LSU who transferred. Regardless, uh, you've got Jalen Glover coming in next year, and, and you know he was probably going to have to start potentially if Tavion didn't come back. And now Tavion Thomas is coming back, and you don't have to play a true freshman to start out and play. Look, if Jalen Glover's great, that's awesome. But he doesn't have to be your starter because you have an NFL guy already at running back coming back next season, and then you can mix in Glover when you need him for certain spots, and he doesn't have to step up and, and be the guy right away. And, and you know we've talked about it. Cam Rising's coming back. Brant Keithy's coming back. I mean, you're just absolutely loaded on the offensive side of the ball. I imagine you'll go out and get a couple of wide receivers in the transfer portal. You've got to fix some things on the defense. You've got to figure out who your linebackers are going to be, though maybe Lander Barton steps up and plays right away. Uh, you've got some talent there. Was it Cole Bishop probably moves up from safety to linebacker? Certainly a candidate, too. Uh, if he's big enough, if he can get that big in one offseason. But th- this is going to be a really good defense again, you know, or at least it's going to be uh, improved even maybe from where it was last year, probably won't be improved because you're losing Devin Lloyd. But it can still be talented, and uh, the Utah offense is going to be great. Go ahead there, Megan. Number three. NBA Hall of Famer Dwayne Wade joins Real Salt Lake Ownership Group. Native Utah, Dwayne Wade, buys local soccer team. We've said we've adopted uh, Dwayne Wade as uh, our native son now, which we're happy to have him. And, of course, he's part of the Smith Entertainment Group, which was part of the ownership group that purchased RSL. And uh, I saw that picture with the, the the jerseys, you know, in the locker room and all that sort of thing. I, I think it's great that Dwayne Wade is willing to embrace our community. I think it's really cool, and it's nothing but good things for 
our community and sports in our community for sure. Uh, Mike Cannonbrooks, who's one of the other billionaires who with the Jazz or with was part of the Smith Entertainment Group that helped buy the Jazz. I didn't see his name mentioned with RSL, but I did see Ryan Sweeney's name mentioned, who's one right. of the other local billionaires who was, uh, who was a part of this. So there's just a ton of money now in addition to Blitzer. And the Smith Group uh, that that has come in to build RSL and look, you got the money. You can certainly m- money isn't everything. You know the Galaxy don't doesn't win every MLS Cup. So having money behind RSL though is going to be a, a big help, especially if they want to come out and spend and and do some of the fun things that could make this a more. I don't want to say more family friendly. It's not like you can't take your family to RSL games. They're really fun to go to, but it could really increase the experience overall and make this take this even to the next level. Which you know, the fact that they've survived as long as they have and have had the success they've had, RSL's been a terrific story for the state of Utah. And I do think this group can take it to even the next level. Making money year over year as a major league soccer franchise is very difficult, per near impossible. So you hope this new ownership group just pours resources into it and doesn't really care about. I'm not going to say because here's the hard part with sports franchises, Ben, is, is, yeah, they may lose money every once in a while or every year or whatever the case may be. But the value of the franchise right. increases exponentially right. because that's just that how it's worked. So Larry H. Miller saying they only made money if they went to the playoffs. Well, it's like you bought a team for $25 million and you sold it for $1.5 billion. So it's a so little different. So there was money being made in that process. And you also borrowed against that any number of different times. Correct. And it's, it's never as complicated as we're profitable or we're not. But at times, Ray Al Salt Lake – and I'm not going to vouch for them every year, but it was a kill what you eat franchise. Yes. Where if you weren't making the money, then it wasn't getting invested into the product. And hey, I don't, that's fine. I mean, you know, the Raiders, for example, Ben, you know what other businesses the Davis family is in? Zero. Yeah. So the bus family, yeah, they're entirely relying on the Lakers, which which changes the ball game. In this situation, you've got a bunch of independently wealthy dudes who aren't relying on RSL to make the money, and can hopefully just dump money into it to improve the product and yep. get where it needs to be. And yeah, can withstand the growth process of it, right? You know what I mean? Can just endure it, understanding that if, if this league really truly clicks in the way the the founders hope it does, it does turn into the super profitable. Area where you have billion dollar franchise, and look, you're already at a half million, at least to to get all the valuation with all the property that they got with it. You're at a half billion dollars already. It's not crazy to think that you wouldn't get to a billion overall, right? And you've got everything, all the hard work done for you, all the infrastructure, all that stuff is there. All you have to do is is pour some resources into the on field product, get that star we were talking about yesterday. That can be the face of your franchise. That you can just market the crap out of, and bam, you're off to the races. But you know. Sometimes, done. sometimes ownership groups get in their own way when it comes to Correct. that. And sometimes it's not their interest. Right. So that's not what they care about. They Don- want the property. Donald Sterling never cared about winning. Right. Never. Right. The only reason he spent money on the Clippers is because he had to because the NBA created a salary floor. Correct. In a, what lockout was that? The 94 lockout when that happened? Maybe later. Anyway, uh, some it's, it's weird. Some aren't in it to win it. And it appears Ryan Smith, at least his, his actions with the Jazz, in it to win it. So that's good news. Again, nothing but good news coming out of RSL land yesterday. Also, winning's profitable. There's, yeah. no, there's no better way to lose money with a sports team than by losing a bunch. It's Oh, man. I, I was telling you before the show about somebody I know who uh, die hard going to a bad sports franchise yeah. games. Right. And they had the audacity to raise prices. try and raise prices. Yeah. 
You're gonna offend people. You're gonna offend people. Although yep. if you're going to the the MLS Cup Championship game and you jack prices on people next year, they go, oh well, I saw that coming. They're yeah. good. They're yeah. selling tickets. Yeah. Hmm. So honestly, probably a good thing that they had the success they did, which made them a little. It made it a le- little easier to swallow buying that franchise after having a good run last year. Stay tuned. More Jacob Ben next. 97.5 and 1280 of the zone. The sports you love. The teams you can't live without. Get a sense of urgency! This is Jake Scott and Ben Anderson on 97.5 1280 The Zone. Powered by KSLSports.com. Work it, make it, do it. Makes us older, better, faster, stronger. Get that, 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 that don't kill me. Can only make us stronger. I need you to hurry up, man. Jake and Ben, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson, thank you very much for making us a part of your day. You excited for tonight's game, Ben? Who's playing? Uh, what, are you talking about who, like who's going to be in the game or like what team? That's the joke, Jake. That is the joke. You got the joke. Listen, you the flat, Jazz are playing the Raptors. You flat ignored an incredible Urban Meyer joke earlier in the show today, so don't give me any of that. I was reading something else. Sloppy fat boy tweets. Megan, Megan gave me a courtesy laugh, at very least, for a really funny Urban Meyer joke. And I just got brushed over for you to talk about people dying. We're talking about celebrities. Yeah, and if uh, what your celebrity status is. And you were talking about being photographed as Urban Meyer. Dancing up on some ladies at the local bar. It was a great joke. Just completely. Way to revisit it. So the Jazz, yeah, we don't know who's going to be playing. (laughs) We don't know who's going to be playing tonight for the Utah Jazz uh, because they are so injured. But we do expect, basically guaranteed to see Trent Forrest, Jared Butler, uh, Daniel House, Eric Paschal, Yudoka Azabuki, Elijah Hughes, Norvell Pell, who if you haven't heard of, that's fine. He's only played 37 games in the NBA and was signed this morning. That's about... The guarantees that we have, and you may see Jordan Clarkson, Rudy Gay, Royce O'Neal, and Hassan White. We are finally going to get to see your guy, Jared Butler. I mean, not necessarily my guy, but I'm in touch with the people you of the state. You said today that he would score 18 points a game if he played for Orlando. Yeah, if he gave him 14 shots a game, he would score 18 points, as would Elijah Hughes, as would Trent Forrest. Like, remember how good Trent Forrest was at Summer League? <laughs> I do. Dominant. Yeah, because he had the ball in his hands for 30 minutes a game and got to shoot anytime he wanted to. These guys are all incredibly good at basketball, so they can do that type of thing. If you gave Norvell Pell tonight 20 minutes and put him in the post, he's been playing in the post his whole life against guys. Like, he knows how to make a hook shot. He knows how to make a little turnaround jumper or get offensive rebounds. So they're, you know, th- these guys will score. You will see some fun moments tonight that will lead to long conversations about, do you remember the Toronto game when Trent Forrest had 14 and 8? I think he could be the starter next year. We don't need Mike Conley anymore. We will inev- inevitably get some hot takes coming out of this game. I hope at one point, I, you know, speaking of celebrity, that I become like just an instant celebrity snapshot in people's minds. On a positive way, not a negative way. Like Sunday out of gains. Okay. Everybody in town knows who that dude is. That's never true. made it in the NBA. Never really had a career of note. Well, he did, but not on the grand stage, right? But every jazz fan around here, you say the word Sunday out of gains. Yep, everyone knows exactly what it is. Exactly but what it is. But you say Milt Palacio, and Nothing. it's the opposite of that. Everyone hates Milt Palacio because he started one game over Darren Williams or something. You know, It like, was half a season, yeah, but yeah. yeah. Darren was grouchy about that. Jerry, Jerry didn't admit to mistakes often. 
probably because he didn't make a ton of mistakes, honestly. But he admitted to that later uh, down the road. Not starting Darren Williams because that was really crazy. But yeah, you, you, you see my point. I hope to be like some sort of positive celebrity where any time that my name is mentioned, it's like, oh, yeah, remember when he uh, saved that family from a burning building? That's what I'm going for. The steakhouse in Indiana is St. Elmo's Steakhouse. Who texted Apparently, you? Alex. <laughs> Alex. He's been there. So he's been there. Like, yeah. Hell yeah, any person I've – oh, I, I covered the uh, the Jazz Pacers game uh, back in – oh, did you go to the steakhouse? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's in a cool building. I see it now. That's a great building. Yeah, looks good. Looks like they got steaks. Steaks. But that is, you know, middle America. Probably have a pretty good steak. You have a go-to uh, like meal you order if you go to a nice restaurant? They're like – they're going to have steaks. They're going to have seafood. Do you have a go-to? If you're going to be – like it's going on the company card. I – more often than not, we'll You're def- spending between 50 and 80 bucks. Yeah, I'll defer to the sea scallops usually. Oh, scallops. Megan, do you have a go-to nice meal if you're going to a restaurant? I love all seafood. You I'm love all really seafood. I'm not really a steak person. Okay. So. Pretty good. How about you, Ben? You getting the no, Sloppy Joe? No, spending that much money. Yeah, Sloppy Joe's. Spending that much money on food's ridiculous. No, I, I, I'm probably seafood too, which is goofy. It's how you know we've all gotten old, which is we're not, we're not doing steaks anymore. I'll do like crab. If I can do crab, that would probably be my well, default. Well, see, if you can get a, a filet Oscar style, then you have a little bit of both, yeah. which is always nice. Right. That's probably my answer, actually. Yeah. All right. Uh, ben, you have a nice day. I'm going to have an incredible day. You have fun watching that jazz game tonight. Uh, you too. I will. I will indeed. Uh, stay tuned. Hans and Scotty G are coming up next. Want to remind you of this week's Las Vegas Raiders game against the Chargers. Winner goes to the playoffs, right? It's a big game. Uh, brought to you by America First Credit Union, the exclusive home of the Raiders debit card. All the same great features and benefits now with the silver and black. Learn more at AmericaFirst.com slash Raiders. Hans and Scotty next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind, only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do? in the face of an international disaster decades in the making. That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.